Are we live on both? Yep. Looks like it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, good morning, everyone. And let me make sure I had everything on but the mic. Good morning, everyone, and praise the Lord. I want to thank you all for being with us this beautiful, sunshiny day. It's cold and it's crisp, and we had our first frost. How about that? Amen. So, um, here we are, and we will have my, uh, a, we had a meeting of the minds of the executive committee, <laughs> such as it is. We're going to have communion every Sunday from this point on. Um, we just come to believe that it's uh, um, a, a way to draw, just draw closer to the Lord. We have a time where we pray together. Uh, and uh, my wife's getting ready right now. But anyway, um, I'm trying to think. Here and above, we just want to make sure everyone knows this. Oh, we have seen, praise God, we have a good praise report as far as our podcasting goes. Now, we switched providers about a month or so ago, and uh, now we're with a company that's owned by uh, Spotify, but it's a very good company, and they're hosting our podcast. In which so we're being broadcast, you'll be able to hear this service uh, we're recording right now. And you'll be able to hear this service whether you use Spotify and Apple and Google and Amazon. And it's Amazon Music where you see it through and hear it through. And then if you Amazon owns Audible, so you'll be able to do it through it also. And um, one other thing. Um, there's one other. I can't remember. Oh, Stitcher. And you can be able to do it through them also. So you've got three, three uh, several, more than three, but you've got several places you'll be able to hear us through. And also, you're watching right now, I'm sure everyone is watching here that we uploaded into the YouTube later on. So we do want to thank you and appreciate our numbers have gone up. We're having people watch, uh, listen through, uh, uh, at the, who we use tells us. We have people using through, um, uh, who is it? People listening through Alexa. Uh, Alexa on their home devices, you can tell it tells us that. IPhones. And then people using their iPhones, and it tells how much people are using iPhones, using their Android, and using all sorts of avenues by which they're listening, and it keeps going up. We're in the United States, we're in Canada, we're in um, South Africa, we're Brazil, all, all sorts of, what? England. And England, too. She's trying to hear me, I can't hear two do things at the same time, I guess, this morning. Anyway, so, uh, we do want to thank you. Um, we've got, um, hopefully, last week we weren't here, we need to apologize, we were in uh, a church plant in Greensburg and visited them, but somebody got a church plant in Greensburg, there's not, and somebody got church there right now, and they're a plant and they're um, growing, and they're trying to grow and get started, and, uh, and we want to pray for them, and I'll have to look their name. I, f I was going to write down the name of the church, and I, I forgot. I uh, didn't write it down. So, um, let me turn the service over to my wife, and we'll get started. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's worship the Lord. Majesty. Worship, worship His, His majesty. majesty. 
majesty and to, to Jesus be our glory, honor, and praise, majesty, kingdom, authority, flow from his throne unto his own, his anthems raise, so exalt, lift up on high, the name of Jesus. Magnify, come glorify, Christ Jesus the King. Majesty, worship His majesty. Jesus who died, man glorified. Show 
the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross my debt to pay from the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky lord i lift your name on high you came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross my debt to pay from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We glorify you. We glorify you, Lord. Fill this place with your presence. Fill each and every one of us. Speak to each and every one of us today. Amen. Praise you, Lord. the prayer request, but we will lift up these prayer requests that we have, Lord. For Jenny's son who has cancer, Lord. For Kaylee who has been in the hospital with heart trouble and possibly actually had heart surgery, Lord. And we pray that everything is going well with those two. Lord, that you guide the doctor's hands to help them. For Katie Heitmeyer's dad who is in the hospital in ICU, Lord, that he will be able to Get back home to their families, Lord, and be healed. And Lord, you are the healer. You are the great physician. And you said that we will do these things and more throughout our ministries here on earth, Lord. And we are praying, Lord, that these people be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. For Regina, who is recovering from surgery, for from her, I believe it's her shoulder and arm or something like that, Lord. Whatever that surgery is, Lord, you know what it is. And Lord, Lord, we just pray for a quick recovery, Lord. Yes, we do. And we just want to thank you and praise you, Lord, for all the things that you have given each and every one of us. For us, not only our ministry, Lord, and for our salvation, Lord, and for our homes and our jobs. We could go through a list. All of us could go through a long list of things that we are thankful for. And should be thankful for it. But Lord, we ask first and foremost that you use this ministry not only as we go through the airways, but each and every day throughout our lives. And use each and every one that is listening. Use them throughout their lives and their daily lives, Lord. And if they are not saved, Lord, we ask that you prick their hearts, Lord. That they will want to come to know you as Lord and Savior. 
And they can do that anytime during a service. All they'd have to do is just ask you, Lord, to save them and clean them and forgive them, Lord. And you will be just good and faithful to do so. But we also will give another opportunity at the end of this service. But Lord, we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a song service. Amen. If you pulled up under the pumps looking for the regular day, he ain't got any. It's all high octane. Amen. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord's in this place. Kind of funny, huh? I picked it up somewhere else. I like that. Anyway, we are, the church I mentioned a while ago earlier is Living Way Church, and it's at 430 Palace Road, Greensburg, Pennsylvania. So if you're in that area, if you're watching, and I'm told that we've got someone watching from the Greensburg area. So if you're there and you're looking for a church to go to, if you haven't found a home church and you need one, go see Pastors Faith and Ed McCutcheon. And like I said, they're at 430 Pellis Road, Greensburg, and I know that you'll be blessed. Um, it's small right now. It's just a plant. My goodness, God's going to do great things through them, just as we believe he is through us. But with yeah. them, right there in Greensburg, we're right here in Homer City. Um, I can't think of anything else other than just saying we're so glad to be here. Um, if you would, get your Bibles and we'll go to the Word of God. Amen? Shame on you. Anyway, um, let me get mine out. Get in your Bible, go to the book of Acts. And we're going to be, in my goodness... Y'all watch out. It's like six pages long here, and I typed it out. Smooth, slick as a whistle. So, um, we'll go back. We're going to go to chapter 9. We're going to go back to our series. of uh, One thing about doing expository preaching, you always know where to pick back up. Um, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. So, Acts, chapter 9. Because I like that. You pulled under the pump looking for regular. He don't have any. It's all high octane. Amen. 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 Makes me think of this song. And let's it go. Glory, glory, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Since I laid my burdens down, we're going to be verse thirty-six. Um. You know why we're doing that? Learn for this. I want you all. Everyone knows this old song. We're gonna sing a little chorus. I, I was gonna. I, I, it's apropos for this message. It's apropos for this day. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. I caught my wife by surprise with this. Anyway, I've singing a song all week, and she sang it. We sang it this morning. Oh, no, we last couple of days I've been singing. She pulled it up for the same day. But listen to the verse of this. If you have some questions in the corners of your mind and traces of discouragement and peace you cannot find, reflection of the old past, they seem to face you every day. And there's one thing I know for sure, folks. Jesus is the way. Amen. Jesus is the way. Amen. 
Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Amen? Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, forever, folks. He's not changing. Not for me, not for you, not for anybody else. He's not changing. He's the same. He is the same. So no matter what you know, no matter where you search, you know he's going to be right there. The doctrine doesn't change. It stays the same. Our prayers, I want to say our prayers are continually going out. My wife and I, we, we hold prayer we together and are continually going out for the folks in Florida, um, the Carolinas, Georgia. Um, as we watch on television, as I'm sure um, you have, that uh, as you look and you look at the people, the out barrier islands where we came in on the, uh, the west coast and went across the state, um, if we watched in the barrier islands and those areas that uh, you look at the people in the complete devastation there and, and uh, near Tampa and the, uh, the other places that they're, the, how they're beaten on their face about it. Um, they just look, they just look, they look wore out, but they just look like they're just beaten down. So we want to make sure all of you keep them in your prayers. We didn't pray from the prayer list, but we, we, I know you are too. Well, folks, Jesus is the answer. And you, I know you do know what I mean this morning. He is the answer. No matter if it's hurricanes, no matter if it's tornadoes, no matter if it's earthquakes, Jesus is the answer, amen? Whether you have addictions, whether you have marriage problems, maybe your cupboards are bare, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come before you this morning. Father, I thank you that we can preach the word and use modern technology to be able to do so. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for your everlasting, inerrant yes, Lord. word that we have to study our roadmap through life. Holy mercy, mercy, mercy. Holy Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I pray that you're with everybody that's watching, everybody that's listening that they'll be blessed, that their ears will be anointed to hear, and my lips be anointed to preach. Amen. 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 Um, no matter what the situation or the problem, Jesus is the answer. Yes, and I keep Lord. referring to that because of what we're seeing around us today is we so many people and so many churches, no matter where they're at, no matter what's going on, they're forgetting that Jesus is the answer, not us. Amen. We're not the answer. We can't find the solutions on our own. Uh, we have to lean on the Father. Amen? Amen? And we're leaning on the Father. We're leaning on Jesus. And we're not leaning on a cross. We're leaning on Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. The cross is where Christ died and paid for our sins. But we don't worship a cross. We worship Christ. Amen? Amen? Turn with me, like I said, the book of Acts, chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 36. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. Her name. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it happened at that time that she fell sick and died, and they washed her body, and they laid it on an upper room, in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, please, or not, please is my word, do not delay in coming to us. 
So Peter arose, went with them. When he arrived, they brought him in, into the upper room, and all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter sent them all out, knelt down, and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand, raised her up, calling the saints and the widows. He presented her alive. Now, if you're speaking to yourself and you're reading this at home, if you're not shouting, shame on you. Shame on you. It came known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. In the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Peter stayed many days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Folks, so since we expository preach, we're going to go through this. We're going to go through, take verse, start with verse 36. And it says, now in Joppa. Now, if you don't know any about the geography of that area, that Joppa was and is still a seaport in the Mediterranean. It has been there since the days of Joshua, actually. And it was, was in great service because of the timber that was brought in when Solomon was building the temple for God in Jerusalem. And that's where the timbers came in. And then they... I started to use one. They used the word truck them in, but you know they didn't use trucks, so they hauled them into Jerusalem. And if you remember right, if you know your Bible, you'd also know that Joppa was the port that John, John, Jonah sailed from when he tried to escape the Lord. Remember when God called him, told him to go to Nineveh, and instead he went to Tarsus and he sailed out of Joppa. So people knew most know who where Joppa is or where about. In that time they did. Now look at this verse here, 36. It says, a certain, well, depending on what translation you read, a certain disciple. Now it's certain because the Holy Spirit was drawing, the reason why I believe the Holy Spirit put this is he was drawing attention to Tabitha, to a, not to Tabitha, but to a specific person, a certain disciple. It was about her. Now disciple means pupil. Pupil of the Lord Jesus Christ. is That's exactly what she was. She was learning. A student. Glory to God. She was a follower of Christ. A disciple. Now if we read more, it says her name in Aramaic. That's what it was. Her name in Aramaic was Tabitha. Which as we all know in that area, they were speaking Greek. They had people speaking Hebrew, and people speaking Aramaic, which is kind of a mixture. Which, by interpretation, her name interpreted is called Dorcas, which is Greek. Now, it's believed that she was a Hellenistic Jew, meaning you know, she was Jewish, but they had taken on some of the Greek culture in some pockets of that. They would taken in some of that, and that's what she'd become. But either name, meaning either way, the name, her name, whether you used Dorcas or whether you used Tabitha, the meaning was Gazelle. Her name meant gazelle or deer here in the United States in America. The King James says she was full 
of good works and alms, alms deeds. Another translation, I believe it's New King James, says deeds of kindness and charity. Love, charity is love. Another says, as here when I'm reading in the New American Standard, it says she was abounding in good works. You understand what that means, abounding? She was just, there was no hardly, she couldn't contain how she felt about doing things for people without those who without. She just couldn't contain it. She's abounding in it. But Kenneth Weeks says she continually did this. And Kenneth Weeks is a Greek scholar during the 60s and was coming. He wrote his own translation. He got most of it finished, but he's a Greek scholar and translated. He, he says that she continually did these works. Praise God. Praise God. I believe it would be safe to say that Tabitha was helping folks with great speed. She was Her name meant gazelle and deer, and she was just frantic about hurrying and getting as much as she could. Because remember, when Christ left, he said, I will return. And in their mindset at that time, they thought, when he said it could come any time, he could have been coming just as we expect him to come any time now. Amen? So let's look at verse 37. And it happened at that time that she fell sick and she died. Now think of this for a moment. God worked through Tabitha with her acts of kindness and love, and acts of love that help those in need are also an outward cry, outward display of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to repeat that. Acts, acts of love are those of help in need are those are also an outward display of the Holy Spirit and just as important as physical healings. Acts of love what her giving was. It was a custom in most of the nations of that part of the world, as we read, it says that they, that she fell sick and they washed her body and they laid it in an upper room. It was a custom in most, most countries around it to wash the body once someone had passed, to wash their dead. And they put her in an upper chamber, they call it an upper room, an upper chamber of the home. And most usually those were places that were most likely a common meeting place in their home. Common meeting place, and that's why it's an upper room. It was a place where people would come in the door and it was common, they, they scooped them up and went up to an upper place. But her body was laid there where people could come and pay their respects. Verse 33 and 39, we're gonna look at that. Since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, do not delay, in coming to us. So Peter arose and went with them, and he arrived, and they brought him into the upper room. And all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. I read both scriptures. We'll take one at a time. It's very possible, and it's most likely probable, that they knew of the healing in Lydda that was going on. They've heard of it. They knew it. It wasn't that far away, actually. When you look at the map of Israel, you'll see that Lydda and Joppa weren't all that far away, maybe 10 miles. Now, how God was using Peter, they heard of it. I mean, it's not that far. Word of mouth, travelers going back and forth, and they heard about what was going on. As you remember, we talked about that last time we talked, we were here at the book of Acts, 
and how God was using Peter there. And it's quite possible that they had went for him while she was yet still alive and she was sick. That's quite possible they went for her and him then. It said here, it said here that they said two fellows to hustle and go get Peter. Now, of course, you know, I mean, I, my word is hustle, but uh, they were, I'm sure that they weren't sparing any time to get to him, being that she was sick. Now it says that they implored him, and my translation says they implored him, do not delay in coming to us. Another way to look at that, he was, they entreated him, they implored, they urgently requested, they were pleading for Peter to come. Verse 39, we find Peter leaving with them, and I'm of the opinion, of the opinion that Peter either knew of this group of believers in Joppa, or he might have even knew Tabitha. Israel's not that big, and when you have pockets of people, because remember, we were going through acts of how the church was growing and growing, and the more persecution that was on it, it kept growing and growing and growing. Now, if you think of that for a moment, it really makes sense. Just to you, we see a group today, we call it a remnant of believers. And they're starting to see persecution come to the church to now. Not as the, quote, organized church. No, we don't see much persecution, but we do see, and the reason why for that is, is because they're not, they're not threatening Satan in any way. But there is a remnant out there that is. People who are bearing down and, and praying and meeting together in people's homes, some small churches and meeting and glorifying God and praising God and having prayer meetings and stuff. And these are the kind of groups that were going on then. So all this, all this, all this persecution was going on and the church was growing. We find Peter leading with them. And I'm, like I said, I was of the opinion that he knew Tabitha. I think he knew them and what was going on there. He didn't hesitate. And then says anywhere that he said, well, we'll wait a couple days. I'm kind of busy. No, he got up and he left. Headed right there. We also know that one of Peter's brothers in the Lord, in the faith, Philip. Now, remember, we last heard of Philip when he was with the Ethiopian person in the chariot. Remember? And he baptized him. And, and then all of a sudden, with, he just disappeared. Where, where Philip appeared at was in a town right near Joppa. The name they gave it, I don't have it written down here, but the name they gave it was right here. So we know Philip had been there, and P Peter knew he was there. Philip knew of the work that Philip was doing. He'd already been there evangelizing, praise God. He'd already been there preaching in the cities and around in that area. Around in that area. Let's look back at verse 39, if you would. Peter arrives, they take him into the upper room, they show they're there showing Peter all the Tabitha had been doing, the tunics, and the word says tunics. And if you don't know what a tunic is, it's undergarments. She was making undergarments. Tunics and, and um, what did it say? Tunics and garments. That's what she was doing, was making undergarments and things for people to give. I guess they didn't have any. And they were, she was doing, it, doing works for people. So as they're showing Peter all that Tabitha was doing, all that time, during that time, the, the widows and the saints are around. Uh, and this word says that they were weeping. 
they were weeping, they were crying. They were crying because they lost their dear friend, a saint of God, someone who was actively in the ministry. The notes. So I'm, I'm sure that Peter ever so gently told them to leave. There's no reason to tell it. He did not say he did not. But why, ask yourself, I want all of you to ask yourself the question for now. Why would Peter have the widows and the saints leave the room? Why would they have him do that? Or why would he do that? Why would he have them leave the room? Ask yourself that. Because it says here, but Peter, verse 40, had sent them all out. Now watch this in Scripture. And he knelt down, Peter knelt down, and prayed, and then turned to the body. So why would he have them leave the room? It's Peter, the big fisherman, the one who, one who had, who denied Christ, but now at the, you know, we see them at then at the upper room and they're praying to the Holy Spirit. They're all baptized in the Holy Spirit and filled full of boldness, boldness as never before, and worshiping the Lord and and filled with renewed energy. And Peter was a changed man, but he's still Peter. I believe that there are times when we all, we all, and Patriots, I believe that all, and I know that those of you that have been worshiping the Lord and been serving the Lord for a while, they know that there's been times, there are times when we need to get rid of the distractions around us, whatever they might be. And if possible, you're able to focus when you do. And you might be at work, say you're at work. I mean, I, I'm a retail man. I've been in retail all my life. My wife's in retail, daughter's in retail. Uh, we hope Cody don't get in retail. But anyway, we, there's times when you might be walking and someone stops you and says, will you pray for me? And, and, and it happens because it's happened to me, it's happened to Keely. And someone said, would you pray for me? And well, it's, it's in the middle of the day and it's hustle and bustle already. But you can say a short prayer without worrying about the distractions around you. But when you really want to focus in and just really just pray, would you get off by yourself? Of course you do. Well, that's what I believe as Peter was doing here. Today we call it getting in the zone and getting in the zone, getting focused. Well, if you will, turn with me to Luke chapter 8. Verse 38. No, I'm sorry, Luke. What did I tell you, Luke? 8, chapter 50, or chapter 5, verse 50. I'll get it right in a minute. But when Jesus heard this, he answered him, answered him, Do not be afraid any longer, only believe, and she will be made well. And when he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him, except Peter, James, and John. Did you find it? Luke chapter 8, verse 50. 51. When he entered in the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, James, and John. 
and the girl's father and her mother. Now they were all weeping. All weeping. But he said, Jesus, our Lord, said, Stop weeping. Stop weeping. For she has not died, but she's just asleep. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And they began laugh they began laughing at him, knowing that she's dead. Not the disciples. But there's around those are around who began laughing. They were didn't believe. Now think for a moment. Fifth verse fifty four. He, however, took her by the hand and called, saying, What? Child, arise. And her spirit returned, she got up immediately, and he gave orders for something to be given to her to eat. Now that's in Luke. Now if you go and turn backward and go look at Mark. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Verse 38. They came to the house of the synagogue official and he saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. And he entered in and he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died. She's just asleep. And they began laughing at him. But putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother, his own companions, James and John and Peter, entered the room where the child was. Verse 41, And the child, taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Teletha Kumai, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk, for he was twelve for she was twelve years old, and immediately they were completely, completely astonished. And he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this, and he said that something should be given to her to eat. Hallelujah. Now we're reading that. We know Peter was with them when that with him when he did this. So I said before, there are times when we need to get rid of distractions around us and if possible, enable to focus, to have the mind of God. And that's what Peter did. He got them out of the room and he prayed to get the mind of God. He knew to get focused. Now both these situations we just recounted was our Lord did the same thing. Peter was following Christ's example. That's exactly what Peter did. He followed the, our Lord's example before he prayed. Both of these accounts give us to believe that Peter used and follows Christ's example, so Peter kneels down and he prays. He kneels down and prays. Now think. When I was very young, I, I want you all to think for a minute. Think on that. When I was very young, I was about 12, 13 or so, and I was at the altar one night, and all the youth, young people in the youth group, youth people were all around the altar. And a dear saint leaned down beside me because they, I guess they saw me fidgeting. And I was. He leaned over, or rather she leaned over, and told me that they did what they did 
would say the Lord's name over and over and over in prayer to try to just focus. They just kept saying, Jesus, 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 when they were down in prayer. Just say it, said it over and over and over to get focused. They said they was do it to let the Holy Ghost work in my heart and mind solely just to hear Him. Just say it, just focus on His name. So your mind, that you say it over and over, and you're focusing just on Jesus. That's what we did, and that's what they taught me to do. Jesus, 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 holy is your name. Holy is your name. Peter turned to Tabitha after touching the throne of grace. That's what he did. He touched the throne of grace. He was focused. He just said, I don't know if he said Jesus used over. That was the remedy that was given to me, but it said that he stopped and he prayed. And there's other times we know of when Christ just walked up and he just... But Peter stopped and he prayed. He got focused and he got the mind of God and he was before he did and before he talked to her. He spoke to the Father and I believe that he stopped, he prayed. I believe he spoke in his prayer language and he spoke just directly straight to the Father with no interference, nothing in, nothing clogging up the airwaves. Not like when you get on a phone where it was no pots line or what is the cell phone you hear gurgling in the background. There was none of that. It was just straight talk to the Father. That was it. Just straight to the Christ and he started straight to him, talking straight to him. Now she opened her eyes. She looked at Peter because he said what? Arise. Arise. Now there's two lessons I want to think we should take from this to this today as we go through here, as we go into our expository walk through Acts. Two ways. One, Jesus Christ, I'm going to read it. The book of Hebrews. Chapter 13, and if you've got your Bible there, we're going through this. Look at it yourself, the chapter, book of Hebrews. And if you don't know what Hebrews at, shame on you. But, I'm joking, of course. Go to Philippians, then Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, and you get past 1st and 2nd Peter, and guess what you're going to find? Hebrews. So you're going to turn to Hebrews, and you're going to look at chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. And I don't preach so fast that so I'll give you everybody time to, to look. Hebrews 13, verses 17. Now here's one that we all quote, and I just gave it to you, so if you got a pen and paper, write this bad boy down. So that way you'll know it, because I quote it a lot myself, and, I, and it's easy. To remember, chapter 13, and look at verse 8. Chapter 13 and verse 8. And it quite simply says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and what else? Forever. Forever. Hallelujah. He didn't change. Yesterday. I said even at the beginning of this message, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This book, and everything in it. That's why we call this a whole Bible church. This book is not going to change. This book is Jesus Christ from front to back. From the very first place when you start looking at the beginning pages all the way back to the maps. It's Jesus. And folks, if you get Jesus wrong where you're going to church, if they've got Jesus wrong, they've got it all wrong. This is all about Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always going to be the same. Mark 16, I'm going to read something. You don't have to turn to it, but it's Mark 16 if you don't want to. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Make you do some Bible work this morning. Amen? 
Bible work. We're going to let our fingers do the walking. Mark 16. And we're going to look at verse 17. Now I've got someplace I'm going with this, and I, I, all you will follow me and understand. Verse six of chapter sixteen, verse seventeen. These signs will accompany those who have believed. Now listen, for those of you, and I've heard this word a couple of times called cessationist, meaning that meaning that when the disciples had died, well, all these works that they were doing stopped. Well, that's not what Jesus says here. It's fairly easy to see. It didn't stop when the apostles died. It didn't stop when. I, whatever reason that they, these people give, it didn't stop. That means praying people and believing that they have been healed. Didn't stop. And even praying for people and people being rose from the dead. It didn't stop. It's possible just as much today. Now read this. 16 verse 17. And these signs will come to those who believe. I believe. Do you believe? I believe. So these signs, if you're believing and you're worshiping Christ and you're following Jesus Christ and you're trying to live by God's word and you're doing your best to live by God's word and we're all lost by the blood of Christ, what's that mean? You believe, right? He who has these signs will accompany those who have believed. And in verse, in my name, they will do what? Cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up servants and they will drink of any day thing poison and they will not hurt them. And I will, they will what? Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Well, if you're dead, I say you're pretty well sick. But it says these things you'll do if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. Do I see it takes a measure of faith? Yes, it does. Are there times we pray for people who are sick? It might not be quite the time that Christ wanted it done. And I'll relate a story of that. My little brother Glenn had epilepsy. Grandma epilepsy. So, see, our family, my immediate family is a product, not just of prayer, because we pray daily in our house, but of a major, major, wonderful, miracle, miraculous healing. He had epilepsy. Grandma epilepsy was the worst it could be. But seizures when he got very young. Now my father was not saved when we when this happened to Glenn. And we moved to Oklahoma and the people came and welcomed us in the little town we moved to, moved off us at home, and dad came back and he had to go to New York for where we moved from for a while. And then he came back home and mom told him about all the wonderful things that was happening and they came to it. And so dad went to church. And he got saved. So dad started reading this book. And he believed what's there. He was taught it. He believed it. And the preacher said it. And God, he would read it. And he took this Bible for what it was worth. And he believed it. Which is what which is what it to, worth it to believe. And he took it for what it was. The truth. And where it said that God still heals. And he read. And he read back in James. Where it says call the elders of the church together. Which this church we went to practice that all the time. Call the elders of the church together and pray. So he took my brother Little brother Glenn up and held his, up in his arms, went to the front. Now me, I'm his oldest, and I struggled right over. I had a hold of Dad, right alongside. And the Dad took him once, took him twice, took him three times, but on the third time. Now, what does that mean? Did Dad not have enough faith? No, I believe that just that he, his faith is just being tested. 
why it had happened to that third time. But when we stood there in front and they all got around, Ralph, Brother Story was there, the pastor was praying for him, and you just felt like just some kind of current went right through Dad. Went through, and I felt it. And Dad said, and just believe, it's done. Now the pastor, Brother Story told him, take, it, take him to back to the children's hospital and have him checked. Don't do anything, but just go ahead and check. It's not me, you don't have enough faith. It means you're getting validation. Took him, epilepsy was gone. Completely healed from that moment on. Amen. Completely healed. He was he's walking around talking. And my dear brother Glenn, he's 54 now. And they said he might not have even back then with as violent those attacks were, might not even have lived nowhere near that long. He's alive. He has a little problem with his speech. I think God just left a little bit there to remind him. But he was healed. From the top of his head to the soul of his feet. So God still heals, folks. God's word, as revealed in the Bible, clearly teaches that Jesus Christ wants the lives and ministries of his followers characterized by supernatural works. Just as Jesus, those who spread the message of forgiveness and eternal life through faith in Christ should perform miracles miracles in his name and evidence that God's kingdom is active and available here on earth. Amen? Everything brings honor to Christ. Jesus told his followers that after he left and the Holy Spirit came to empower them that they would be able to do miracles just as he did. John 14, 12. These things you do and you shall do more. These things I do and you shall do more. And this is where it says, everything Jesus told his followers that after he left, the Holy Spirit come. When they were baptized on that day in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came to empower them that they would do things even greater miracles than he did. Think of that. John tells us, <coughs> in the book of John it tells us that, <coughs> excuse me, John tells us that there's not a book that possibly could hold the amount of things that our Lord did. He pointed to John, the Apostle John, clearly tells us that. As we walk through this book of the Acts of the Apostles, that's exactly what we're learning, is the Acts that the Apostles did. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, enabling them to do what Jesus wanted done. And we listen and we read how the church grow. Folks, the book of Acts in God's word doesn't say there's an ending. There's no ending. It, we're still in the book of Acts. It's still there. It's not stopped. We're still in it. Which means that God's still moving through us today just as he did then. All we have to do is have the faith of a mustard seed. Yes, and believe that Jesus Christ will do it. And it says his word that he will. And all that you have to do is have faith. Have your right, life right with the Lord. Amen? All that you have to do is have your life right with the Lord. Hallelujah. Now I want to ask every single one of you out there, 
those that are listening now, those that are listening later, those that are listening by podcast, no matter how you're listening, whether you're, or you're watching through us, I want all we wanted you to have my full attention. Look right here at me right now. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, yes. now's the time. If you heard me preach and hear about what the Lord was doing with through Peter and hearing about those who were saved because of the result of what happened in Lydda and then what from last time we preached and what happened right there in Joppa, what was going on after she was healed and they saw the works that the Lord would do. If you know that and you hear that, you hear that and you think, I want that. I want to make sure that I make heaven my home. Time is getting short. Time is getting short. It's 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 not going backwards, folks, and things you can look all around you in the news. No matter where you look, you can look around and you can see that right now is the time. It's not getting better, things are getting worse. And if you believe the things you hear in the news, don't. Whether it's, it gets a little better or not, this book tells you what's going to happen. Now's the time to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Now. Now's the time. If you, and it, if you have an uncle or an aunt or brother or sister or mother or father, anything, anyone that needs the Lord, you can watch this at any time. Have them watch But if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, let me ask you right now. You don't have to bow your head. You don't have to. All you have to do is just believe in what the Lord has done. That's it. All that you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I have sinned. I am not worthy of what you did at the cross, but Lord, I want it and I ask you to forgive me. I need you, Lord, to wipe every sin out of my life and make me whole. And when you repent, telling the Lord that you are what you are, and you confess what you've done, and He listens and He hears you and He draws you close to Him. And the Holy Spirit, when you've done that, will come in and reside in your heart, in your life, in your mind. And He'll if there's still if there's things things you're having a little trouble with, He'll help you clean it out. Amen. And what you need to do is, if you have done that, if you've asked the Lord in your life right now, welcome to the kingdom of the Lord. Yes, welcome to the kingdom of God. Now, our phone number is right here in front of you. You can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be right there. If I happen not to get the phone right away or my wife doesn't, just hang on. We'll call you back. Leave a message. Or you can text. Or you can send an email, pastorwollebeck at gmail.com, and we will answer you. We will answer you. Today I mentioned at the beginning of the that we were going to do communion. We're going to do it from now on every Sunday. I feel the need that we all just need to get closer to God, and there's none a better way than to follow the Lord. In the Last Supper, Amen. We're going to be. I'm going to read something to you.
Now, every time we do this, I warn and tell people, and that's why I guess I give an altar call before we do this, is because in the 27th verse, actually, yeah, 26, Paul tells us a warning that if we do this unworthily and that we're not right, and our heart's not right with the Lord, that you can cause great sickness, you can cause death, because you're doing this unworthy, you're causing discredit to what the Lord has done. So it's why I tell everyone, take a few minutes, reflection, whatever, and make sure your heart is clean. Make sure there's no sin in your life. Take a moment and do it. We'll bow our heads, take it for a moment, just do it within yourself. And we're going to look at verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body for which is for you. Do this and remember me. Take eat. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And at the same time, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And as often as you drink, eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Take drink. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. We pre- thank you. We appreciate you being with us. Our website is right before you. And on that website, my wife posts to it every day, something to it every day. And then uh, I try to add some things every now and then. I'm not, sometimes I'm not too punctual about doing it because there's other things that I'm doing. And I kind of left the website up to her. But there's a little heading on there. It says how to give or where to give. And if you hit that, you're able to give. And we're getting to the season. We're going to have to make some arrangements soon to be able to send some money to be able to have buy turkeys for our children's home. And uh, we would appreciate your help in doing so. Amen. So thank you for being with us again. And uh, praise the Lord. We'll see you Wednesday. Amen.